this is Money Talks, powered by the Money School, and our aim is to help you become wealthy. Let's get straight into today's show. This is Money Talks, powered by the Money School. We've got uh, your money coach, Gary Kale, with us once again. I'm Brad Brown. And uh, in a previous podcast, we spoke about uh, a healthy amount of debt and, and how to look at debt, whether it's healthy or not. And uh, Gary, sometimes people do need to use debt to buy things like a, a car or perhaps a house. And the question is, what can they do to make sure, like what steps can they take to ensure that they don't get into financial trouble when they are uh, going into debt for a, a big purchase like that? So Brad, um, I think that the, the big mistake, let's talk car first is that I think that when consumers are looking for a vehicle, they're looking for affordability. And this is a problem. I know that intuitively you think, well, no, that is something you should consider. Absolutely, you need to look at your affordability. But what I'm trying to say to you is that they're trying to work out how much car can I buy. There's a very big difference between how much car can I buy, which is just doing your affordability calculation to work out, can will you be able to afford the repayment? And then there's the question of how much car should I buy. So should takes into consideration the fact that you actually want to be wealthy one day. It takes into consideration that what would it mean that if you just spent a, an, a thousand or a thousand and a half less on a car every single month and you rather invested that money, what would that picture look like? Because that is where people go wrong, is that they don't ask, what should I be? In other words, they, 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 they shouldn't be looking for just affordability. They should be looking for practicality. In other words, yes, fine, I'm looking for a family car. I need some safety features. I've got three children. I need those things. That's practicality. But just looking at affordability means how much, how much of a vehicle, what, what's the nicest possible car that I can buy? Well, I'm saying, well, what's the nicest possible future you want to give yourself? Because it's a very, very different question. So I think that, you know, when you say to me, you know, what are the things that they should do to avoid getting themselves into financial trouble? It may not only mean that the person can't afford to pay the car at some point. It means that the person may not be able to stop working in their future at some point. That is also a major financial implication. So I would say always start off with the future view. Start off with the big picture of what do I really want and when do I want to be free? When do I want to be in a position that I can actually dictate my life and, 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 and play rules according to the way that I set them? And the only thing that gives you that kind of commercial freedom in this world right now is to be able to have your own money and be in control of it. So that deals with the car issue. I think when it comes to buying a house, you have a similar dilemma, but it's a little bit different because the, the house is a much bigger purchase. It's also a, a, the repayments also are generally over a 20 to 25 year period as opposed to a five-year period with a car, which means that interest is a major, major factor when it comes to buying a house. And I think that the place where most consumers go wrong is they do not understand that interest is a moving target when it comes to buying a house. So let me explain. Normally what happens is people go shopping for a house and you know they, they look in an area that they want to stay and they look for all the aspirational things and they kind of do things the wrong way around. So they go and they look for the house. They get their, 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 their heart set on a particular property. It now becomes an emotional purchase as opposed to um, taking doing the maths properly and just making a decision with your head as well. And so, so, so let me just give you one of the risks that I always see, and this is where people make big mistakes, is they take their salary. They say to themselves, what is the most amount of house I can possibly buy because it's time to buy a house. And what they don't know is they don't know when I mentioned the moving target. So let me explain. 
So the prime, the prime lending rate is what governs how much interest you'll pay. So let's say, for instance, so prime lending rate, just if, if, you know, if listeners don't understand what it is, is the benchmark that the banks are going to lend money. So let's say, for instance, prime was 9.5%. If you were, if you had a good credit record and they could see that you had paid your creditors before, or you don't have any sort of negative listings on your credit profile, they might say, okay, you're a good payer, you can pay, pay prime minus one, which means you'd pay 8.5% interest because they'd go 9.5 minus the one. So you think, okay, well, that's cool. It's, I'm still getting a good interest rate. I can afford this house. Or prime's at ten and a half, and it's prime minus one, so it's nine and a half percent. Now, if somebody went and bought a property for eight hundred thousand rand, and the prime lending rate or the interest rate that you eventually landed up with from the bank was nine and a half percent, it means that you'd be paying about seven and a half thousand rand a month on your instalment. So people look at this and they're like, "Yeah, it's a little bit tight, but I can do it." Now, prime lending rates increase in South Africa. Just recently, the, 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 the prime interest rates have gone up by one to one and a half percent in a very short space of time. And about five, six years ago, they went up about five percent over about a two year period. Now, what this means is it means that the monthly amount that you're going to pay for your house will also increase. So as an example, if the lending rate was nine and a half percent when you started by, when you first purchased your house, it would be seven and a half thousand rand a month, as I just said. If prime went up by 4% over a two-year period, it means that your interest rate would be 13.5% on your home, which means that you'd be paying not 7,500 anymore, but just over 9,500 rand a month. That is a very serious increase in your interest rate. Sorry, not your interest rate, the amount of money you pay because of the hike in the interest rate. So all of a sudden what you have is you have a family that, call it a year and a half ago, this house was very affordable, or at the, just at the limit of their affordability, but all of a sudden it has now become completely unaffordable. They don't have the extra 2,000 rand just lying around because, you know, they had a, a, one of their kids just now went to school and all of a sudden they've had to pay 3,000 rand a month or whatever the story is for all the peripheral things where there was a newborn in the house and medical aid has gone up and life insurance has gone up or, you know, God forbid somebody's had a, a career fall where they've lost a job or got retrenched. I'm saying that People buy this without understanding that the future implication is that if interest rates go up, there could be some serious trouble. So, you know, when you say to me, like, how can they avoid getting, what are the avoiding the pitfalls when buying a home? I would say you must go and use one of the bank's calculators. You just go onto a website, you do it, you do a mortgage calculation and you work out. If this is the interest rate the bank's giving me, add a percent, add two percent, add three percent and make sure that in your future planning over the next few years, that you do not go and just suddenly upgrade different areas of your life because you need to make sure that if interest rates go up, you basically crash-proof yourself. And I think that's an important step that people should take because let me tell you, in the last interest rate hike cycle when it went up 5% about five, six years ago, there were about, in South Africa, there were about 2,000 homes being repossessed a month and about 5,000 cars being repossessed a month because of that, just, just because of that miss because consumers just didn't know that they needed to plan like that. Those are some frightening numbers. Gary, 2,000 houses, 5,000 cars per month. Uh, crazy. You need to make sure you are sort of in control. So, Gary, Kale, thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. If you've got any questions uh, about your money and uh, how you work with it, all you have to do is uh, head to the website, themoneyschool.co.za. Uh, ask your question there. We could be answering it next time out on the podcast. Until next time, from myself, Brad Brown, and Gary Kale, cheers. Thank you for listening to Money Talks powered by The Money School. 
To find out more about The Money School, connect with us on Facebook. Just search for The Money School SA.